As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. in the mirror I see hair on my head not my shoulder and hello 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 this is Adrian Berg and this is Generation Bold the Fountain of Truth and it is the truth about aging now one of the things that we are thinking about all the time when it comes to aging is our own health care and it's not just prevention or cure anymore it's how do we feel through the process of our healthcare too. That's really important. I just came back from one of the major conferences of nonprofits that deal in the field of senior housing and senior healthcare. It's called Leading Age. And more than anything else, they were looking at the emotionality of aging, the emotionality of healthcare. They were looking at things like biophilia, you know that name? The love of basically our biosphere so that people go out into nature, no matter how old they are and no matter what their conditional mobility is. It's a whole new world of looking at healthcare as actually wellness, healthcare as a process, not an event. And today we have somebody who's really taken leadership just in that kind of concept. His name is Dr. Michael Blackman. Uh, he's with All Scripts, and they are looking at the process of healthcare and really creating some important medical leadership with many, many hospitals, uh, healthcare systems, uh, with something called Care in Motion Suite that makes a difference not just in uh, what it costs, how you're treated, but the actual outcome of all these procedures and processes on your own health and how often you end up back in the same business taking care of yourself in the same old way. And they're trying to get out of that particular box. It's not going to be easy, but it's working all across the country. So thank you, Dr. Blackman, for being with us today. My pleasure. All right. Now, I don't think people get exactly how their world, their healthcare personal world, is affected by companies like uh, Allscripts and uh, the programs like Care in Motion. So just explain, because it's behind the scenes to, to most patients, so what is care in motion? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is behind the scenes for, for most patients. As we think about care in motion, we think about it, it's, we call it our population health suite. And what I mean by that is how do you care for you know, people as a whole and how do you ensure that we bring to people's attention and, and do what we know works 
People love to talk about evidence-based medicine, and you know, if we think about all of medicine, the evidence-based portion is a relatively small piece. But if we can ensure that we get the things done that know that we know work uh, effectively, we can hopefully you know Im- improve outcomes, keep people healthier. But one of the things that we think about the way healthcare was traditionally practiced is that you know you get sick, you'd see the doctor, you'd go home. If you didn't get better, you'd go back. And that would be true whether it was an ambulatory practice or the hospital or the emergency department, whatever the case may be. But we also had this other group of people that, you know, felt fine and still do, and that's great, obviously. Um, But there are things we can do to help them feel better. And how do we, you know, get those people in as well and worry about everyone and reach out to everyone as opposed to simply saying, you know, who shows up at the door? Right, and the people show up at the door have a problem. Uh, so the idea is how do you get to the people before they have a problem? So I'll give you a little bit of a, a quick background here and see how care in motion would w- treat something like this. I'm knocking on wood right now because uh, I don't have a problem. And I call myself a positive deviant. Uh, and I promote being a positive deviant, meaning walking and embracing your aging and eating right and doing all the things that my experts on this show tell me to do. I try to be the model if I can. So yesterday I took a test, and it's called SECA, S-E-C-A. You stand on a, uh, on a machine for 17 seconds, and they tell you how much salt and how much water you have in your body. Of course, your weight, they tell you, but the more important, your body muscle mass compared to your weight and where you are on the aging scale. Uh, I was disappointed because I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I thought I'd be a little younger. But, you know, what can you do? So this gives me measurements of where I am and what I could improve through exercise and food, not medicine. So I'm one of those people who will come in when there's no problem. But how does care in motion work to to get those folks who are not like me, they're just happy they don't have to go, go see a doctor to get involved with their own health care? Yeah. Yeah, so as we think about you know, you know, care in motion and the, and the suite from the provider side, so from the standpoint of a practice or a hospital, it has four pillars. The first pillar is how do you bring data together from multiple sources? Um, most people you know, get their health care in more than one place. That data is not always shared effectively. How can we do that better and you know, in part help reduce costs by not repeating tests? speed treatment, et cetera, by providing the best information we can. The second that sort of extends from that is what kind of analytics and other analysis can we do on top of that data to understand who, to the point you were getting to, who needs additional care, who hasn't come in. Because if I have a list of, you know, my patient population, you know, from either the insurance company or people who have been seen in the health system at some other point in time, you know, to pick a, a relatively simplistic example, I could say, well, who are the people who need a colonoscopy or a mammogram or make it a flu shot, you know, which obviously on an annual basis is quite beneficial to reducing the chances of one getting the flu. And, right. it, you know, as opposed to waiting for those people to call and to set up their appointment or go to the pharmacy to get a, a flu shot, how do we proactively reach out to them? And that gets to the third and fourth pillars, which are, you know, care management for people, mostly for people who are particularly ill who need additional help, um, but you could expand that depending on your, your resources. And finally, the last piece 
is that patient engagement component. What's the best way to reach out to this large population of people who aren't coming in in an effective manner? You know, if there were only 100 people you need to reach out to, you could have people make phone calls to 100 people. That wouldn't be that hard. But make it 10,000 people or 50,000 people. You don't have enough people to make those phone calls. So how can we automate that? How can we, you know, push messages to people right where they are? I mean, most people today are carrying a, a smartphone. Um, can we push the message right to them, enable them to make an appointment or tell them where they can get their flu shot? With that simple reminder, we see that there's a tremendous difference in, in who comes in and who does not. Yeah, I think that raising the consciousness is its really what my life is about, raising consciousness about the fact that aging and the extra 30 and sometimes 40 years that we're given uh, that unexpectedly uh, because many of us didn't do anything about our own health to deserve it, but for many reasons we have it, that it's a wonderful time of life. But two, that you have more sensitivity to your own health status. And when you do have that, you will go in for the flu shot or the shingle shot or make sure you get your colonoscopy in so many and so many years and be be proud of that and be proud of that. I think that one of the things, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, Dr. Blackman, one of the things we're missing, I think, in this country is an element of pride in the way we take care of ourselves. We have greater pride that we don't have to take care of ourselves. I don't have to do this. I never needed to do this. Instead of, I did it. And I'm trying to make that change. And I think that's so important for care in motion because most of us aren't sick, but we're setting ourselves up for it. And and I think that's important. Now, when we come back, though, I want to turn our attention to something we talked about during our break. Uh, And that was how things are paid for. You know, when I took the SICA test, I paid $50. And my husband took it too, so it was $100, right? However, that may save our health dollars in the thousands because we took this and we're going to do something about it. And yet it's not the way things are paid for. Uh, now, before we leave, we have, we have about a minute. I know you've got a website with some interesting blog stuff on, even for the consumer. Could you just um, send us to that website so we know how to read more about all this? Sure. There's, yeah, there's some great blogs on the Allscripts web, website. It's allscripts.com, A-L-L-S-C-R-I-P-S, T-S, rather, .com. Okay, and as every, you, you all know, if you go to Generation Bold Radio uh, starting on Monday, all of this program will be archived. That website will be up there for you to read if you don't have a pencil and paper right now or you're not taking it down on your mobile device. Uh, and uh, you take a look at these blogs because this is why this show works. It gives you information from all scripts that you would never have because all scripts is there for the business end, for the doctors, for the whole healthcare system in our country. And yet, and yet they affect your life in ways that you may not know because they're not a company that you'll see, you know, uh, during uh, the, the baseball games or the football games making these great big ads like cars do. So, and all scripts affect your life maybe more even than your automobile choice. So we'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. We'll talk about money. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da.
Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, host of Generation Bold, The Fountain of Truth. Did you ever wonder how so many people have the time and know-how to make podcasts and get their point of view across, make money, become influencers? Well, it's simple. They use Anchor. I've been a broadcaster for decades but was clueless until I discovered the easiest way to make a podcast, and it's Anchor. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. Yes, you heard that right, for free. You can use Anchor right at your phone or your computer to record, edit your podcast. It will sound great. And then they will distribute it everywhere, and I mean everywhere. This includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You can fulfill your dreams, and you can be heard. Here's all you have to do. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's all there is. Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my and hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth about aging. Uh, please give me your email. You can do that very simply. Everything we do for you is free of charge. And that uh, means if you go to generationboldradio.com, give me your email, you will get our Monday newsletters. Really, people enjoy it. They're very, very short, but they give the heads up on our best guests. The best uh, of, of the lot is always there in addition to the weekly podcast we do. We also emphasize our new blogs and what they're all about and give you a link to that. Uh, discounts, actually, on a lot of goods and services that uh, promote successful aging and so much more. Uh, so that is generationboldradio.com. And this show will be archived there or you can hear it uh, and tell everybody if they're on any podcast as a disseminator, they can hear this free of charge. There are no paywalls ever. And, of course, we are syndicated on BizTalk Radio. All right. So oh, let's get back to our guest. I have some, I think, a couple of provocative questions for him, except he brought him up. Uh, and he's Dr. Michael Blackman. Uh, he's with Allscripts. And he's taking leadership along with Allscripts in the uh, Care in Motion suite. Now, I very much wanted you to know about it because – you may be subject to some of the good news that's coming out of it uh, and some of the good health effects coming out of it, and you may not even know it. So, Dr. Blackman, right during our break, you said, you know, I really want to talk a little bit more about patient engagement before we talk about the dollars. So explain what you meant about that. What I meant is that you know, as, if you think about healthcare traditionally, you go to the doctor, they tell you what to do, you go do it or not, as the case may be. Um, and certainly if I think about some of even my older, older relatives, you know, what the doctor said was what they did. But I think the more people can be involved in their health care and take an interest and, you know, participate and learn, the better off they're going to be. Uh, health care is certainly something that is better done with you than to you. Uh, there are a lot of decisions that you need to make. And frankly, more care is not always better care. Often it's not. You know, I want to bring this out. Uh, I, I try to do it with every fiber of my body, but I want to bring out to the listeners that your health care is so much more in control 
Uh, you are in so much more control of your health care than you think. You're in so much more control of your longevity, how many years you live than you think, and the status of your health. Uh, this You'll be interested in this, Dr. Blackman. On, on Monday coming up, I'm going over to Albert Einstein uh, Medical School, and I'm visiting with Dr. Barzilli, and he did uh, the centenarian study. And he studied people who, who uh, whose whole families lived past 100. And they basically, what he calls, die healthy. Uh, but but very, very small amount of all of our longevity has to do with our genetics. Very small amount. And this is from the guy who's only been studying genetics. So, so much of it, in his opinion, is in our own hands. So let's talk about something like that. You, you said that um, the Allscripts Care in Motion is trying to reach out to people who aren't in, in a problem situation, who aren't in crisis, who aren't coming in, to get them to take health care into their own hands. Uh, is it working? I mean, I get things like, come and get your audiology test. You know, I get a postcard in the mail, something like that. How is the outreach working? Are, are people responding or are they just, you know, in the, in the ether when it comes to their own health care? The answer is, like anything else, it's a mix. Um, but certainly we're seeing people who respond, and the easier we can make it for people to respond, the better the response gets. So to use the, you know, your postcard example, you then need to call the number or go to the website or whatever it says to do on the postcard. But, if we can, but make that postcard electronic on your phone, and, well, all you have to do is tap here. Well, now we've made it easier, and that increases the response rate. So now we also talk about the money. The other way to make it easier is if it's free. Uh, I, I used to have a friend that would say, if it's free, it's for me. That was his poem. So I, I, I said in the first segment that I took a test that I think is very valuable, a diagnostic test. Uh, but I paid $100 per couple. Not everybody can do that. Let, we have a, a kind of a strange payer system. And you made a very wonderful uh, 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 let's say analogy between or dichotomy between what we think about healthcare and how we pay for healthcare. Can you restate that for us right now? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think if we think about healthcare in the United States um, historically, I mean, one of the, 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 the most fundamental question when designing a healthcare system to me is is healthcare a right or is it a privilege? And wherever you come down on that dichotomy, you could make an argument and design a system to support that. However, you know, due to a variety of laws and other regulations and, frankly, practice, historically in the United States, we've treated healthcare like it was a right. We've paid for healthcare like it's a privilege. And that dichotomy, frankly, is fundamentally incompatible. Um, so we have to look to see how do you, you know, what kind of system do we want to have? And certainly if you look around the world, a whole variety of systems um, that work in, in different ways. And certainly, you know, in the United States, we spend more money per capita uh, than the next leading developed country. And frankly, if you want to use life expectancy as, this, as a surrogate outcome measure, um, we, our life expectancies aren't, aren't better. In, matter of fact, in a lot of cases, they're worse. Um, so we're not necessarily actually, doctor. You pay, you, you had the actual statistics a little old, but you had the actual statistics between the UK mm -hmm. and the US. Can you repeat sure. that for, for our listeners? Because I was uh, yeah. I was not a happy camper when you told it to me. So you tell it to them. 
Yeah, so these numbers are a couple of years old, but in, in now a little bit higher. But in the United States, we spent roughly about $9,500 per person. Um, in the United Kingdom, we they spend roughly $3,400 per person. Um, and in the, in the United Kingdom, life expectancy for males was 80 years and for females was 83. In the United States, it was 76 and 81, respectively. So about for about a third of the money, uh, they were getting better better life expectancy numbers. It is certainly fair to say that life expectancy is affected by a number of factors, not only healthcare, but healthcare is certainly a big piece of it. Yeah. So I'm going to add another one of those. Um, there was just I just went to a conference in Washington called Metabesity, and I did a, an article on our blog about it. You should know about it. But the fact is that the analysis is even a little worse than Dr. Blackman is telling you, because although we spend more than any other first world nation per capita, as he says, our hail, which is health adjusted life expectancy, meaning. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not just our long years, but how healthy we are doing our, during our long years is not as good. So it's not just that we don't live uh, as long, but we're healthy every minute of it. And they're not. It's the opposite. They are living longer, let's say, in the UK and other areas uh, and healthier longer. And that's really the goal. The goal, I know, because all of you say, oh, you're a longevitist, but I don't want to live that long with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or in decline. Well, you don't have to. That's not the objective here. It's living longer and healthier. And we'll talk a little bit more about that and the payer system when we return. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Now, uh, some of you, in fact, have been interested in me coming and speaking to your organizations. Uh, you know that I'm having a new book out at the beginning of 2020, and I'm very happy to talk about that. The name of the book is called Gusto. Uh, I know that that does not surprise you. That's what I named my book. So if you're interested in speaking engagements or webinars or seminars, please look at my website, which I rarely ever tell you about. I'm always telling you about the radio show, but it's very simply my name, adrianberg.com, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-B-E-R-G.com. And before we go back to our, um, our guest, Dr. Michael Blackman, and he's taking leadership in your health, but you don't know it. So I wanted you all to know about Allscript's Care in Motion Suite, which has four pillars, as he mentions to us. One of them is patient engagement. Uh, another one, of course, is the outcomes for folks who do come in. 
uh, because they do have a problem so there's less repetition and others will discuss. I do want you to hear about one thing, though, and that is we talked about how much your health care is in your control. Uh, hear this little clip about heart and what's new. I think you might be surprised. If you want a healthier heart, you've got to have friends. Significant sociologic studies reveal that socialization has a direct impact on physical and mental health. This probably comes as no surprise, but the extent of the impact is rocking public policy innovators. It seems that recovery from heart disease and stroke is significantly faster for people who have support groups. Married folks live longer and with less health issues than singles. A deeper dive shows that peer modeling is a powerful cause of better health when your peers exercise and eat nutritionally. There are so many factors that lead to better health for those engaged in robust relationships that healthcare dollars are beginning to seep into social connection programs. It's not yet clear whether socialization through social media can take the place of a face-to-face communication in improving health outcomes, but you can bet there'll be a study on that one shortly. Okay, so we're back with you, Dr. Black, but obviously I played that you know, perfectly for a reason, uh, although it was recorded a, a while ago, because this idea of taking control and, and having holistic health is kind of new to us. And it's not that new in other countries. And as I asked you, you told me that Allscripts is in 17 other countries. How are you comparing it uh, in terms of how these uh, really important outcomes are delivered and costs to patients? It's very different in each country, and I don't think we realize that. Yeah, there is no one, you know, one one single health system, and obviously there's a lot of discussion today about you know what's the what should be the direction of the U.S. healthcare system. Um, depending on you know, the payment structures and others, this discussion about looking at outcomes and becomes easier or harder. Um, you know, clinicians and frankly everyone in healthcare has always wanted to do a good job. No one shows up to work saying I'm going to do a bad job today. That's just not what people do. Um, but but there are system constraints that make that easy easier or harder. Um, so often when I talk about this topic with people outside the United States, they're like, Oh yeah, we can do this because the payment the payment system aligns better to support it. And we're starting to see movement in that direction in the United States, especially some of the work that's coming out of you know, CMS, the Centers for Medicaid and, and Medicare Services in Washington, um, and to weigh the way payments changing, looking at value, looking at outcomes, as opposed to the traditional, you know, do something, get paid for it, what's known as the fee-for-service system. Yeah, I think that's w- the punchline. What we have here now is just that, fee-for-service. You do something, you get paid for it. You do more, you get paid more. So the outcome uh, for the person who's delivering the services could be better for their pocketbook if they do more. And you heard from Dr. Blackman in a prior uh, segment that sometimes less is more. That's number one. And number two, an outcome would mean you don't have to repeat the treatment. And so now if you're measuring success by outcome and you're paying for outcome, you're paying in a completely different way. Now, I know you didn't want to get political, and we won't, I promise you. But we, we do talk about the single-payer system versus what we have now. Is the this, is this single-payer system, which some other countries have, 
uh, better when it comes to these measurable outcomes, or is it just a different way of paying for things? No, I, I think the, the question is not necessarily the system, whether it's single payer or not, but the question I referred to earlier is, is healthcare a right or is it a privilege? Because certainly you could look at a country like the United Kingdom um, where they have what is essentially a single-payer system. There is, uh, there is some private insurance that you can opt for, but essentially a single-payer system versus, say, Germany, which equally has universal care, but they do it through multiple private payers. So there's not one way to do that. Um, but if you get to the point of saying we're going to guarantee health care, at least some level of health care for everyone, that's really what drives the difference. And it seems to me, too, that prevention and spending money on prevention makes a difference. And I think it is getting somewhere. I, I, I'm going to toss this to you in a second, but something very good happened the other day, very simple in my life. Uh, my husband went to their our primary uh, physician. And we are in a small rural town. I know when I say New Jersey, nobody thinks it's rural, but there is. And it's a very small little health care group. And what they did was, Dr. Blackman, they told him to go have a massage. I had never actually heard a doctor tell you to go out and have a massage or meditate, but they do now. And uh, even down to our own little small um, area here, I think that this idea of prevention and holism when it comes to healthcare and taking control of your own healthcare is coming through. And you did talk about patient engagement when it comes to care in motion. Can, can you elaborate a little bit on that one? Yeah, sure. The the more you know about what's going on, the better informed you are, the more you can help in making decisions and making decisions that are right for you um, because people legitimately have different opinions. Um, there isn't always an obvious path. And to some of the things we were alluding to before, how do you want to live? You know, what degree of disability do you want to live healthy? And your choices affect, affect those things. Um, I have a one of my favorite attendings when I was in residency training, is not necessarily true at the margins, but about routine stuff we would see in the office, he loved to say, well, you can treat it and it'll get better in seven days, or you can do nothing and it'll get better in a week. What do you want to do? Um, <laughs> and, that's a, and, and, that, and that's a fair discussion. Um, all procedures, all medicines have some risk. They, it may be a small risk, but it exists. Um, and so the more we can you know, do things in a safe, effective manner, and the more the system as a whole can support that, the better off we're all going to be. Yeah, and I think that we're, we're also looking at new ways of looking at things. I mean, uh, the Leading Age Conference, which I just went to, is kind of on my mind because um, they have memory care. These are people who, is, who are catering to consumers that have a lot of impairment, and they deal with memory care. And at one time, unfortunately, this was a place to be warehoused. When you would go in, you would just see people in wheelchairs. That's all you saw. Now, I walked through a few of these places, uh, both in Connecticut and in California and different parts of the country. What am I seeing? I'm seeing pianists, people playing music, and the folks with the memory impairment conducting. I'm seeing them against um, all odds, painting and creating incredible things. I'm seeing them light up because the people who are coming to visit them know how to talk to them when they didn't know how to talk to them before. And when I see these breakthroughs, 
I know that we can do almost anything. So before we, we end this segment, let's go back to um, what you're doing uh, technically from the point of view of technology. You already uh, told us that you can alert us to different things we may be able to do for ourselves, like the flu shots and all these preventive things on our uh, mobile phones. And more people have those than they have computers. But when we come back, what we want to talk about is all your tools, your arsenal, we'll say, of how you're reaching the patients, the hospitals, the doctors, and bringing it all together in this care uh, in motion. Uh, the inside, the, ba- the backside, let's say, of uh, what's behind all this from the technology point of view. Because we do talk about robotics on this show. We talk about virtual reality. I want people to understand how much digital technology and health tech is affecting their lives every single day. I don't think that everybody realizes it because it is so behind the scenes and it's so ingrained in the way practices are. But finally, I'm going to ask you this question. Can we tell which hospitals, which doctors have this connectivity? We'll be right back. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. And hello, hello, hello. I say this every week, but I can't believe that we're at our last segment of the week. Uh, So I will do my one and only commercial. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And if you go to generationboldradio.com, you'll be able to put in your uh, email and get our monthly, uh, our, our Monday, our weekly Monday heads up on our great guests of the week, the podcasts that have come out, other hints and tips that I've discovered about successful aging that I think will affect your life in a positive way. And you'll also learn about our store. Now, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of information on it right now, the Generation Bold store. Hooray, our Generation Bold store is up and running. Just visit our website, generationboldradio.com, for access to unique products and services like luggage forwarding for your next trip, gorgeous Brazos canes and hiking sticks, Wander Club charms to commemorate your every adventure. I handpicked everything in the store to add fun and ease to your life. It makes a great gift, it's priced right, and it's of the finest quality whatever has been selected. All these items truly enhance my life, and I want you to discover them as well. Visit GenerationBoldRadio.com and see for yourself. Okay, and by the way, I responded to you. We have just added, we have just added this week, uh, diabetic meals and uh, meals for healthy eating. So that's the first time we've done that because that's what you want. So that's what you've got. So that's GenerationBoldRadio.com and visit the store. Now, let's go back to Dr. Michael uh, Blackman. He is with Allscripts, and he's taking leadership along with Allscripts. Uh, in this whole concept of care in motion, having everybody that touches your health care be connected with each other 
and also and also reaching out in a variety of, of ways through technology for patient engagement. So let's go back, um, Dr. Blackman, to what we were talking about before, and that is you talked about the mobile app, but you do have other tools, other technologies that you use, uh, both for the consumer but also among their healthcare providers. And what you said to me was interesting about why that's not a given, why it isn't so clear that a patient's various healthcare providers will all be in sync, will all be coordinated. We think they are, but I guess not. So can you explain that? Sure. I mean, one, one connecting everybody together is is actually real work. Um, people use different systems, which is completely understandable. And But more importantly, even within those different systems, um, the coding structures aren't always the same. So test A and system and system A doesn't always match up with test A and system B. And if we want to put the information together in a way that makes sense for clinicians to easily review it, we have to align test A and test A together so they can see them together, trend them over time, things like that. And one of the things we do at, at Allscripts is to, you know, align that data in the background to make it easier to understand and easier to see. Um, there is tons and tons of, of data, and there is, and we need to make it as easy as possible for clinicians to review that information, you know, when appropriate, obviously, you know, within their workflow. Um, if we make them go someplace else to see it, it's difficult to do. The, the other piece, as we think about, you know, connecting with patients and presenting the information, you know, I'm, I'm a primary care doc by background. Um, being a primary care doctor is a very busy day. You have a patient scheduled every 15 minutes if you're lucky. If you're not lucky, it's every 10. And you have patients ranging from relatively young people with minor com- complaints or concerns to other people with multiple chronic conditions all scheduled in those same kind of spots. You want to give everybody the best care you can. And when you have someone with a relatively minor condition, you know, as a, as a primary care doc, the first response at some level is, oh, good, this will take me less time. I can catch up because I just spent 45 minutes with someone who needed that 45 minutes, and I'm happy to spend it. But they were in a 15-minute slot, and so people start wondering, you know, why doctors run late. That's one of the reasons. Um, right. But so taking advantage of every opportunity with the patient so that younger or, or healthier patient perhaps may have things that need to be done, but because you're focused on getting back on schedule, you may miss the, that their tetanus is out of date or that they're overdue for their colonoscopy if that's not the reason they, thing they came in to discuss. So how do we enable the clinician, frankly, how do we enable the entire care team to recognize that and take advantage of every opportunity we have with the patient when we see them, no matter what the setting. And so this information that's integrated is what's going to do it. So uh, we're at, uh, we have only a couple of minutes left, but here's my question, uh, which I think is important for our listeners, the most important question. How do they know? How do they know or can they know that you are um, there? that this kind of integrated system where everybody's on the same page is being offered to them? Do they have to ask, and will they get an answer, and will the people they're talking to, maybe the nurses, even know? What's the scoop there? Um, the answer is it's somewhat variable. I think in a lot of cases, you know, and frankly most cases, patients won't know. 
um, without asking. I think it's a perfectly reasonable question to ask, especially if you're being seen by multiple multiple providers in different settings, uh, to say, you know, do you have access to my other records? Is that something you tend to look at as, as part of your normal course of business? Um, if you're seen by you know, multiple specialists, let's say, and somebody's saying, so what happened at the cardiologist, or can you, or can you get me the notes from the cardiologist, uh, that's a clue it's not connected, or at least it's not connected in their workflow. And it's also possible, to, your, to your, part of your question, that the, that the staff may not realize it's connected, because it may be in the system in a place that they're not familiar with looking. So asking those questions, I think, is more than reasonable. Well, I thank you so much. You know, we're, we're at the end of our show, and one of the things I do at the end of every show is I, I give everybody uh, my pep talk. But this pep talk for today is more important, perhaps, than in other other shows, because I'm asking you really to get out there and take control of your own aging. That's really what my line is. Go ahead and realize that whether it's genetics, whether it's whether your mother or, or dad didn't make it past a certain age, uh, you don't have to duplicate what's happened with your family. And you don't have to stand for bad health care, no matter what the dollars are. You really have so much, 80%, they say, or more of your longevity and health in your own hands. So as I say every single week, thank you to my guests. And get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm inappropriate. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.